Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. We're going to rank every single transfer that Jurgen Klopp has made whilst he's been the Liverpool manager. Some dry toast and, and, and a cup of water on the side for dipping. That's what Liverpool's <laughs> midfield was. The existence of Lionel Messi actually makes it a potential to put Alisson further forward which for reasons that I'll, I'll explain in a sec. If Endo gets to just a footballer, then that's a, a real success, actually. <laughs> no, 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 but like... I someone's going to clip that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Effect. Paul Machen joins me. Once again, we did a fantastic podcast talking about the different elements that could affect the title race and zoned in on Liverpool and the good space that they're in right now. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about reasons why Liverpool could or will win the title this year. And the first one you wrote down was Jurgen Klopp. Yes. So what we're going to do here is we're going to rank every single transfer that Jurgen Klopp has made whilst he's been the Liverpool manager because he has had a ripple effect on several players and we can kind of break down maybe how it either made or ended their career. Um, Before that, when it comes to Jurgen Klopp and the ripple effect of Jurgen Klopp with Liverpool, um, one thing I I said in the last one, I'm reading reading Johan Cruyff's book Mm -hmm. and he said how he played against Liverpool for Ajax and he absolutely loved the atmosphere and he says in the book that how I really wanted to play in England and obviously from that experience how different would Liverpool be and world football be if Johan Cruyff had gone to Liverpool well it's interesting you talk about ripple effects I'm pretty sure that was the game that changed Liverpool so I'm, I, I, I think I'm right in saying this that Ajax was just brilliant. I think it, I think it would have been Bill Shankly in charge at the time. Yes. Went, what we're doing is just not going to work. This is what we need to be doing more of. So that ends up being a, a, a real touchstone in Liverpool's modern Liverpool's history, where they saw what Cruyff and, and, and Ajax that were capable of, and went. We should probably try and do more of. Should probably copy that. We should do a bit more, of, <laughs> a bit more of that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting that. Like, yeah, imagine there's a couple of players like that in Liverpool's history. Like, that if they've just signed for us, um, it could have could have changed things. Like Loudrup nearly joined us in the eighties uh, and went to Juventus instead. And, really, uh, yeah. but you know, I guess with Johan Cruyff, what would the English league look like? You know, if you think of what obviously what he's gone on to do with Barcelona, he would have probably implemented that at Liverpool. It, well, you never know, do you? Yeah. But it could have been outrageous. Anyway, Jurgen Klopp, in terms of his impact on Liverpool uh-huh. and maybe the Premier League as a whole, how, what would how would you sort of sum that up before we start ranking all his transfers? Um, from a Liverpool perspective, you know, there's a, a Mount Rushmore of Liverpool managers. He should 
be amongst them. You know, he should be up there with Shankly and Paisley by the time he's done as Liverpool manager. Um, I think another couple of trophies would aid that immeasurably another league certainly um, would he be wearing a hat when carved into Mount Rushmore oh, or, the, or the glasses that's the big question <laughs> like you're in pre or post eye operation um, yeah it's tough um, yeah it's damaged a lot of uh, people's artwork uh, yeah since he's done that yeah no big question big question James yes um, I don't know is the honest answer to that okay. yes hat Hat right there you go <laughs> answers and answers only uh, if you are listening and you want to watch this then you can do so uh, on Spotify right now and if you are on Spotify do us a favour give us a five star rating that would be wonderful I don't think we're at 5k yet but we're close and apparently that's insane if we can get to that and it's all five stars so please if you do want to be kind please do that for me I'll Thank be checking you. all of mine after that <laughs> to see how close that is that's good. Thank you. right uh, lots to get through um, is there any way you want to uh, sort of cull a lot of these guys? So I'll tell you what, let me explain. So Jurgen Klopp has had quite a few transfers in his time. We're going to rank every single one of them. And there are 43, is that 45. correct? 45. Okay, we might only have 43 here. Here are your tiers. All-time 11. Great. No hard feelings. Who? <laughs> hard feelings. <laughs> yeah. All-time worst. I, and I want someone in that all time world. Yeah, you know? you'll have one. Um, I I took I take real umbrage with these categories <laughs> because I am just not a very nasty human being. So I I really struggle with this. Like I think you're gonna have to really sort of find the nasty in this because actually. Yes. It's not been that nasty a time, really. Overall, it's all gone quite well. I think it will be somewhat top-heavy, and that's why we actually went against the JLA grain here with five, uh, six tiers instead of five. We normally do five, and people always moan, oh, you've got to have more tiers. There's only so many you can have. Anyway, we've added one extra in here. We do three on our post-match player rankings, and it absolutely <laughs> really? bends people's brains. Like, yeah, just put more. Than, no, we've printed no. them up. It's a physical prop. It costs a lot of money to get these made. We're fine with three. It's fine. Yeah, so how much um, magnets cost? Right, we need to call this list. Mm-hmm. Sharpish. Yes. Um, can I, although can people, I... please do get comfortable. Enjoy yourself. It's going to take a minute. Yeah. So there's a few here that just aren't really, don't warrant conversation. And a lot of them are backup goalies. So there's five goalies that I think we can just write out of the conversation. Um, Alex Manninger, who could fit into it, like the who category maybe, except, you know, that's that's one for old school Arsenal fans. Yes. There. And he was 40 when we signed him. He was basically um, carving wood in the in the Austrian outback. Out and we went, do you fancy being our third or fourth choice goalie? And he went, yeah. Um, Andy Lonergan, similar job. Won the Premier League with Liverpool. Didn't play a single game. Ended up at Everton. I think he might even still be there. Uh, and then there's a few young goalkeepers. So Fabio Moroshek, uh, Marcello Pitaluga, good guy. Uh, interviewed him last year. Yeah. Uh, and Camille Grabara, who's just got a big move coming up, um, I think, to the Bundesliga. But no impact at Liverpool whatsoever. Okay. And then there's a few young players, I think, that are worth just... You know, too soon to really tell on that. There's Callum Scanlon who's got. Where are you putting all these guys? Well, who? Well, no, it's just yeah. I suppose who? Come on, if you want to put them all in who, James? Okay. If you want to fill up who with a bunch of just you know guys who yeah. I mean, I suppose they technically take that box. Do, do, do you have any hard feelings towards any of them? No, 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 not at all. Okay. And are any of them in the all-time worst eleven? Absolutely not. So then they're going here. Okay, okay. cool. Done. And we'll do the same then for a, a few young players. Okay. If you don't mind. Yes. Um, Callum Scanlon is... Who? A, exactly. Yeah, mm. signed from uh, Birmingham. Young player. Made his first forays into the first team this season, but like as a sub in cup in cup games. Um, 
slightly better known and more money paid for, but Cade Gordon, um, for is that he, if he'd not been injured for eighteen months, he should be well in Liverpool's squad. But he's had that injury. He's come back. He's only just dipping his toe back into the first team. I don't want to really. I'm not comfortable right. ranking him. And, <laughs> and the same goes for Calvin Ramsey. He's another one we signed and he's literally been injured ever since we signed him. He's a young player. So, yeah. Do you need to go out and get another right back? Or are you happy sitting with Ramsey for a bit? Well, Ramsey's out on loan at um, Preston at the moment and is still struggling with injuries. We've brought Connor Bradley back, who was on loan at Bolton last season, mm. had a really good time, was great off the bench against Arsenal in the FA Cup. So I think I'd like to see what he can do. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I do I do like him. But yeah, it's, it's technically not. I think apparently he's not on this list. I looked at that. Yeah, Connor Bradley is, doesn't doesn't count for whatever reason. Oh, right. Um, so... I tried to be so when you originally set me this task I thought Allah the athletic article that does something similar you wanted me to numerically go from oh, no, to no, down mate. so we can do that no well you know James I, I did this twice and twice I got because I whittled it down to 37 players and twice I tried to write it out and twice I only had 36 players <laughs> and I, I had to get my wife last night to not only read my handwriting but also Love, go... can you count to 37? <laughs> she genuinely was going... And one was like, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, where's he? And I went, Yeah, love, I've written that as Ox Chambo there. So uh, yeah, that that'll be slightly that'll be I mean, slightly different. I'm I'm happy to close the tier list right now. If you want to do it in numerical order. I wow. I, do you want to? I think I can do it in in, in numerical order. If you I'm clo- uh, this is a is in a in a first, but also not that surprisingly, Paul's <laughs> taking over the hosting <laughs> of the podcast. Well, whenever you're ready, I tell you what I'll do. I'll do, I'll be your. I've done both. I've done. I've look. I've, I have broken them down into your categories if you want them that way. Uh, oh wow! And God, I've you really also have put done a, a a thirty-seven to one. I like this thirty-seven to one. So let's let's go through that and and as and where I can do any kind of research needed. Okay, <laughs> so the people won't know that either. The um, chart show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very good. Um, Thirty-seven, the bottom of the pile, who would be in your hard feelings? I think. Um, good, wow, ranking. We're doing two formats in one go. Yeah. Amazing. I and I, this is why I'm a little bit. The hard feelings thing is tricky, and because I don't. Liverpool don't really buy Bellends like they did in the past. So like El Hadji de Youth is one of the rare right. players that like has left Liverpool. Balotelli, ju- we chuck him in there. Yeah, just a bit of a knob. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he didn't really so, win him over. You know the shenanigans didn't wash. So you think, oh god, what was the point of you? Can I ask you this question? Who that you would you've got in, getting a whiff of Bellend, but you're. Uh, but they sort of did well and are generally loved. Is there anyone like that? You're probably scared. Not in this, say, but like Craig Bellamy would probably be one of them. Good chap. Um, <laughs> and like really good chap. If, if Luis Suarez hadn't been good at football, like, oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like, you go, what are you doing, mate? What are you biting people for, <laughs> you idiots? <laughs> you know, whereas you're like... He was know, provoked, he was yeah, provoked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's working very hard. Yeah. He's at the top yeah. level. He's, on, yeah, he's really at the bleeding tired. edge of football. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's just a bit moody because he's tired. Just leave him be. 
Bottom of the pile, then. Of well, the sorry, 37. I can't let this go. So when Luis Suarez bit someone in the World Cup, were you like, oh, come on? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You're killing me yeah, here, Yeah, Jen, you're really like, yeah, like yeah, you realise you've gone to bat for someone one too many times. Like, no, but it's actually, but the football does stupid things to you and you can you see this with the, with the gift of hindsight when you're not as quite, like, you know, brainwashed by your, by your footy club. But, you know, Luis Suarez, good Lord. I mean, I, I, I even found, I remember, and it's just, this is a cold kind of words, which I won't go, we won't go too much into. But like, obviously, there's Suarez ever stuff. Like a lot of people got got on the wrong side of things, baked out of pure just football loyalty. Yeah, we were. It was like JFK. We were analysing the handshake when he came to Anfield and they had to meet for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember? Like, did did uh, ever put his hand it, back into the right? You know what I mean? Like as he as he pulled his hand away <laughs> for the handshake, <laughs> yeah. and that's why the handshake didn't happen. What are we doing? What are we <laughs> yeah. doing, guys? You know what I mean? Let it. Yeah, let it. Let it go. Um, right. Sorry. 37. Yes. Worst player. Naby Keita. I totally agree. What a shame. Because yes. it should. This happens a lot. I actually, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's the worst, but I presume you'll bring him up a little bit later on. But for sort of bang for buck, yes. utterly disappointing. Most money paid for slash most disappointing returns and even the fact that we had a whole year of them at Leipzig where we were kind of watching we spent more time the only two times I've ever watched Bundesliga in my life are waiting for Naby Keita to join and that month period after the lockdown <laughs> yeah, yeah. when Bundesliga came team. back first yeah 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 oh my god I knew so much about uh, Teram and Havertz at that yeah. time like you're in oh. you like know, I like pressing but they're all doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, my he was fun- he was he one where you were like, there was a lot of no wait, <laughs> no 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 wait. Now he's cl- apparently he's class. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and it never came. I remember having a chat with someone on Twitter about going. I just don't see what he does. But then someone got me all his stats, and he was killing it. Apparently, I, just I, didn't happen. I, I saw what he did, um, and he was he had. He just had something, you know. There was a, there was a real, there was such a buzz around him. Yeah, it really, really was. He was, he was supposed to be like a transformative midfielder for Liverpool. So to go away from, you got lots of functional guys. So we had what was called at the time the Brexit midfield, uh, which was hilarious because it included Gini Wijnaldum. <laughs> um, but it was seen as like, you know, like if you're gonna have like, a, a, you know, some like some dry toast and, and and a cup of water on the side for dipping, that's what Liverpool's <laughs> midfield was. Um, it was distinctly lacking in spice. Yeah, it was going 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 out for a curry and getting a korma. Um, it was. Um, <laughs> Delicious at a, t- at a time, but yeah, not really pushing the boundaries. So Cater came in, and he was goals and and pace and verve and drive, and he was he was he had an ability to move the game forward 15, 20 yards up the pitch by actually, by carrying it or with his progressive passing. And again, at that eye for goal as well. So we were supposed to be buying ten goals a season plus similar numbers in assists and that was unheard of from Liverpool's midfield and it and it worked so well that we instead bought a 28 year old uh, Thiago Alcantara who clearly had nothing left in his legs to like go no look mate this this is keep it. <laughs> this is what we this is what we wanted yeah. from you um he's one where I- I've really noticed it in the last year and I, there's someone on this list that I did a video on and when when someone signs, it's obviously, you read the room a little bit and you go, and this is why this guy is going to be brilliant for your team. But it often, 
in our space, it, people get it wildly wrong. And I'm, I'm actually looking, I'm waiting for the one where I can go, this isn't going to work. I, I might try and say it with my chest, which is a dangerous thing to do. Because the easy <laughs> tap in is go, wow, here he is. He's going to be, he's going to solve all your problems. And, and yeah, often it kind of just completely like goes wrong. And he is that kind of player that there would have been a lot of videos. And the examples I always have is Ralph Ragnick. Everyone's like, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> We've got it now. Because yeah. he knows what he's got a very clear style of play. So he, and he loves tactics. So this is going to work. And we were all, everyone, the athlete, you know, the Athletic Football Daily, absolutely everyone certain, off they go, Man United. And this is how they play. And it was trash. It turns <laughs> out, yeah, that he, he didn't know how to manage, uh, no, which was an interesting part of the manager's yeah. role. Um, so, yeah, Naby Keita, bottom of the pile. Like, so we, we had a little bit of back and forth on this, and obviously the Athletic had done a list. And I and my, my response to who, who was bottom of their pile was a bit sly on him. So he's nowhere near the bottom. Well, yes, he he's very near the bottom, but he's nowhere near bottom, bottom. Um, we'll, we'll come to this come to this guy in a second. Because okay. this, this is a tricky balance between someone who's just not good enough and someone who either is good enough or should be good enough and it doesn't work out. So 36, Arthur Mello. <laughs> yeah, like, man. What was, <laughs> what was the that? point of <laughs> 13 him? 13 minutes, wasn't it? What was the point of Arthur Mello? This is a guy, right, who was in the top 10 most expensive midfielders of all time. You know what I mean? Like when he moved to Barcelona to Juventus, 100%. Right, right. Like, yeah, and, I mean, for and, certain and, reasons, and this though. Is, I mean, I, I, it's I, shifty, isn't it? This has changed a little bit, actually, because of this, like, all defensive midfielders cost £100 million in the last 12 months. Thing. So that might, have, that might be on the verge of knocking him out. But he was, at the time, uh, you know, he was in there. You know? and, he, and he was good. Uh, so I'm told. <laughs> he, he was. Like, yeah. Apparently he's class. He's, he's a good player. <laughs> And it was so odd, but he just he got injured. Think anywhere near. I was so. I remember it's one of those ones where you must have had this all the time. Where sort of every four months you go, we've still got Arthur <laughs> Mello. Guys, yeah. you understand what they do? We still got Arthur Mello. Yeah, like yeah. I, like Andre Gomez started a game for Everton the other week, and I was like, you what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, Arthur Mello. Um, yeah. No idea what he was is or what he was meant to be. He came with that that kind of, and it's the level of hype because, and actually a couple of players are about to come up in a very similar scenario where Liverpool just needed to get someone in the door, and when we'd done that previously, we bought a couple of guys who you're like, who the hell is this? So at least they've gone. You can go. Oh, I've heard of him. Right. Yeah, he was a Barcelona. He's yeah, yeah, Juventus. Yeah. You know, he's a Brazilian international. There's actually proper YouTube highlight compilations of this guy <laughs> that you know that there's no, numerous. Um, so yeah, huge disappointment. Um, but again, he was a loan signing. But I'm putting him down there because he should have been better and he wasn't. 35, 35 and 34 are very similar. Um, 35 Ben Davies, 34 Ozan Kabak. So Liverpool. Yes. So owned... Kabak was the one where we did a video saying, "Perfect left foot. He's got a left foot." <laughs> So this is the guy. Uh, Raphael Honigstein came on a podcast with me, and I was like, "Right, Raf, tell me Ozan Kabak." And he was like, "This might be one of the great transfer coups Liverpool have pulled." Here. So much hype, over getting him on loan, and then you've got this like transfer fee agreed for him. He could be an absolute star. No, <laughs> nope, no, he was not. Um, he was not. He had no pace. He wasn't good enough. He, he was dropped in mid-season. And yeah, and, and it's a tough, tough year. And look, we we had no fit centre halves, so we got him 
and then he got injured <laughs> and then couldn't play for us. So complete and utter waste. And same goes for Ben Davies. We called Ben Davies the hologram um, <laughs> because no one knew if he was a real human being. I think I'm right in saying just before we finally shipped him on, we he, he came on in like a preseason game and it was a bit like a go, go and pull the shirt on, go and get out there, go and kick a ball Tough, for man. us to say that you've done it. Um, both, He's one yeah. where I always think, is when I go to Saturday Social, I always think, there's the, you'll have these sort of magnets for something and you go, we're not even going to talk about this bloke. Why have you even got this made? But yeah. they kind of have to for, you know, for, for the reasons. And with you guys, with Redmen, obviously you have that with your squad. I always think that with some of these players, that like, why are you even printing them out? And yeah, we do have this thing where we'll play a cup game and then we'll go, Where's this? Oh my god! Get the like, dust off it. Well, yeah. Well, who's who, well, like who's this? And we end up like yeah, writing names on whiteboards to stick on walls, and that's because we have a like, bunch of randoms to come out of nowhere. But yeah, yeah, he's a he's a great example. So both of those weren't they in uh, February 2021? And yeah, the Ben Davies one was odd. Felt really odd. Felt like a stopgap. There was and- a tactical move there where they they owned no centre halves fit, and so they needed they needed two, but they needed the Kabak one was like a. There was more moving parts to it at the time. Schalke, so, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so um, Mustafi was, was moving from Arsenal to them. So they needed to like facilitate things happen. So the, I think I remain convinced they bought Ben Davies just as like, look, we don't need a centre half. We've bought one. We're fine. We'll be fine. We've got this Ben Davies guy. Uh, and then yeah, ca- ca- Kabak. Yeah, made a two point five million pound profit on Ben Davies. Yeah, over three mil to uh, Rangers. Does he go to Rangers if he doesn't have? The glow of Liverpool. Probably not. Probably not. Happens a lot. That. Ripple effect. I always say that with the, there'll be players that will be getting England caps. Like Henderson, we were talking about in the last podcast. If Henderson's playing for Liverpool, okay, Phil Neville, Nicky Butt, whoever else. Yeah. But as soon as he's playing for Crystal Palace, he can't be playing for England. Yeah. Which is, I don't think that's right, but it's the way it is. And that's so right. but it worked out for Ben Davies, I think, mm. overall. Probably had a good time. Next on the list. Kovac was so bad. Carry on, yes. A man near and dear to your heart. Mr. Stephen Colker. Yeah, Stevie Colker. Um, only in so much as he did, he probably did, he did, he played to be more than Ben Davies. Yeah. Um, and he didn't play enough for us to know that he was genuinely awful, like Ozan Kabach. Um, and sweet spot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our overriding memories, we just kept bringing him on up front. Brand, yeah. So, like, there's like when you go Stephen Colker, he actually inspires like some sort of positive <laughs> Could feeling. Could be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, all right. I see what you mean. Yeah, because yeah. it was fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. So, so that's why he's above those footballers, which is mental because like Naby Keita is an infinitely better footballer than Stephen Colker, but there is some form of method to my mind. My yeah. first. I guess proper football YouTube video was a a video for you guys about Stephen Corker, right? <laughs> and the, but the amazing thing about it was that I said he's not as good as he thinks he is, and you used that as the title. <laughs> so my first my first video can really screenshot that and put it on Instagram or wherever because it looks it looks basically like I'm saying he's not as good as he thinks he is. I was talking about myself. Um, yeah. Turns out I was kind of right on Stephen Corker. Mm. That was odd, and there's obviously. Uh, he's spoken about this himself, um, where he's had a gambling addiction. He's he spoke about the story where he 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 lost two hundred fifty grand, and then played against Arsenal the next day, which I think was for us. <laughs> um, and but obviously he signed for Liverpool shortly after getting thrashed by Liverpool, playing for Southampton's reserves. 
So I, I have no understanding why. Why was he bought? It was a, it was a short term loan deal, and it was just I think to cover. It was a cover. It was a cover kind of situation. That again, it was it was Klopp's first season. Um, I think he's our first. I think I think there's uh, a player called I think Grujic might have been our actual first buy, but um, it was just very much Liverpool needed a body, and he looked around and went. Steve Coker. There you go. He'll, he'll do. So I'd love to know the truth behind that one. It doesn't totally yeah. make sense to me. Um, 32. Larice Carius. Here we go. I. So the Athletic put him bottom. They did. And I said to you that is sly on, on him because I, the problem I've got is that I. Did a video with him years ago playing Pro Evo. We were on the same team. We played two on two. It was uh, me and him versus, I think it was Joe Gomez and Divock Origi. Um, did Joe score in that? Uh, yeah. well, actually, that's a good point. What did happen, though, hilariously, was Carius brought himself out. You know the old spam the triangle button? He brought himself out and got lobbed. And we conceded a goal because he <laughs> he he made a goalkeeping howler, and it should have been it should have been a real red flag, but I let I let it go. But I, he was dead sound, and I, I so I've, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for him, and I do feel a crushing sadness about what how that went that Champions League final went for him. I think some people just go, he's the the idiot, the loser who cost Liverpool a Champions League final, and that just means like hatred or whatever. And I just can't feel that way. I, mm. I, I was I was heartbroken at the time, um, but I I then had to watch him come back to preseason. We played Tramway in a preseason game, and he was getting like laughed at. And honestly, like Horrible. you can take being hated, and you can take being booed and all that kind of stuff but like like rival fans are going oh we're having a shot oh, hey, when you say you, 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 don't come, you, you don't come back from that yeah. um, so like I, you know, I thought, thought he was a decent guy and it gets forgotten you know as much as he cost us the Champions League final in some regards obviously you know Gareth Bale scored like the greatest Champions League final goal ever in there and Ronaldo yeah I don't think and, anyone was blamed for that one yada, yada. Um, he you know he was all right that season. You know, he had he made. Some I was going to say, like, obviously, in that one game, he's obviously cost you. Overall, did he do more good than bad? He was just was okay. it about he was just sort okay. of net he even. Okay. He was just an okay yeah. goalie, and the problem is, is that he, he made some high, a couple of high-profile mistakes. Every goalkeeper's got it in him, and also he was just a bit too, a bit too Instagram for people in yeah. footy. You know what I mean? I don't. I think if you're gonna be. A, a good looking fella in footy and be a bit about like I'm gonna part post arty photos on me on my Instagram, you know, be solid at footy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. we used to say when like Lucas Laver signed, he had long blonde hair and white boots, mate. You can't have that unless you are boss at yeah, footy. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a certain entry level. So he chopped off, didn't he? In the end. So he did, and yeah. he got himself some sensible footwear and then won the Anfield faithful <laughs> overdose. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, okay. Number 31, an awkward fit. I just put him in. He probably should have gone in the exempt category, really, but he's been at the club kind of long enough. He keeps going out on loan. I've put Seth van der Berg in. He's a bit of nothing, to be perfectly honest. He's just... He's had a couple of good loan spells out. He had a good loan spell at Schalke. He's, I think he's at Mainz at the moment. Okay. Um, he's Honestly, he's just a bit... He would be in our who are indifferent kind of category. I had to kind of fit him in somewhere. He's 
he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a nothing. He's a bit of a space filler, right. if I'm being honest. So we can kind of, we can just move on from where, him, where will he end up? Will he end up being like, is he Prem? Total unknown. Completely and utter unknown. Right. He's like six foot four. He did a season at like right wing back, I think, in in the championship, and was doing okay. So he's obviously there's there's maybe a world where you could see him being an option for us if Liverpool persist with having footballers who can centre halves. You can do a bit more than just being a nailed on centre half. But mm-hmm. in all in all honesty, I've got no idea where his where where his level at. He's a total unknown. Um, Preston, I thought it was Preston. Just yeah, well, yeah, Preston. Um, 30, Marco Grujic. Now, he, I, I toyed with him just being a, another complete unknown of a footballer because he barely got a game for us. Five mil. Yeah. Cost. First sign and signed in the January um, by Klopp. And it was, I think it was Azelko Buvac, who was our assistant at the time. It was seen as like being a bit of like a, a masterstroke by him to pick him up. What we saw of him, he had very Frank Lampard, like knew when to arrive at the right time at the edge of the box. Good shot on him. <laughs> He's on this list where he is for the single and sole reason that he scored an absolute banger of a header against Barcelona in a pre-season game. <laughs> we smashed Barca at Wembley, and he scored. Honestly, if you can find this 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 header, it's 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 great. And he was great that he had a great pre-season that year. <laughs> Thought he had a very high ceiling. So. With him, he's because he, I thought he did. He went. He's been at um, Porto, hasn't he? Yeah. So he's gone on and done all right. He's only twenty seven. What I want to actually do? He's, he's twenty seven. Do you think he was going to be younger? Uh, honestly, older? he's one of them players who's perpetually twenty two in your head, and this right. season's going to be his season where he he, he become. He's sort up. of Jesse Lingard, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it was Jimmy Traore for Liverpool, who was perpetually twenty one, and oh, so really? and then it was like, no, he's not. He's thirty five. <laughs> Yeah, time's coming gone. So moving forward, I think this is good. What did you think you were getting and what did you get? (laughs) That's that's my one. What did you think you were getting? Thought you were getting Lampard. Yes. But you didn't. What did you get? So this is is a a perfect way of addressing the next person on the list. Okay, amazing. 29, Dominic Solanke. Who in the last podcast we talked about players who could we were saying Jordan Henderson could come back and haunt them some and there's a few Liverpool players dotted about actually. You've got Milner. Yep. Could Milner do it? Uh, Lalana, of course, well, Dominic Slanky's killing it right now. We have got a great history and title seasons of players who former Liverpool players actually doing the business against other teams. <laughs> Fabio Barini in thirteen fourteen was on loan at Sunderland, I think, or Anna had scored a couple of really big goals against teams in and in and around. Solanke. We thought we were getting... Got a bargain there as well. Yeah. We thought we were getting dot, dot, dot. (laughs) The next Robert Lewandowski. Yeah. Four mil. Yeah. Four mil. Just stuck with him. Honestly, um, no. But (laughs) I'm I'm glad that he's coming good. Um, He's... Because he's not a nine... Uh, but you know, but he is. But he's, he he likes to do a lot of work outside the box. He likes to link things, and and I, all I've got forever is like speaking to Klopp about like players, and he goes Lewandowski. You know, I, I, he didn't buy him as a nine, I bought, and he was playing as a ten, and he could do all this kind of stuff, and then he learned the nine thing on top. And I'm thinking, oh Solanke, <laughs> Liverpool at the front three. <laughs> oh Solanke, we had the front three though, James, and and it was and it we're gonna we're gonna move from four three three to four two three one. The front three go back a row, and Solanke goes right, in ahead right. of them, and I think. He scored his one and only goal for us. I want to say it was like last game of the season against Brighton, I think, and he or something like that. And he, we did that, and it was like, oh, this might be the next evolution. Uh, nah, no, we, we just sold him for a quite substantial chunk of money. I do think sometimes with those guys, that was that was a no-brainer of a signing. Like when they come through that Chelsea academy yeah. and they're playing for England and all that stuff, 
I think you kind of did give up on it. I mean, I guess you need... This is the other thing that's crucial is you have to play games. Yes. But that that does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity. He's got like. the like the raw attributes you talk about as a centre forward. He's got the he's got the physique. He's got all the things you kind of need. But also, did he need a season of scoring loads of goals in the championship to yeah. kickstart him? True, true. Um, Danny, could... Danny Ings would have fallen into that sort of category mm. for us as well. To be honest, if you obviously forget the development and all that, but you get the players that you get. I mean, maybe there's a world where you save yourself. Ninety million. You got Solanke up there instead. Instead of oh, it's Darwin. Of yeah, I, 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 I'm not lying. I have had that thought once or twice <laughs> at times this season in the dark of nights. Less I'm chaos with Solanke, better finisher probably. Quite possibly. Possibly. Quite I don't possibly. know. I don't know. That's probably not fair. People yeah. get angry about that one. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, Make I'm your not... way to the comments. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, just above him, uh, probably a bit too early to really tell, but I also, you know, I know I've written Kay Gordon out of this already, but I'm putting Ben Doak in. Um, I just you get re- a real feeling about a footballer when you watch them. It hasn't quite, he hasn't quite exploded in the way that I think a lot of people expected this season. You're 16, 10 and 17 as the season's gone on. Um, he's just got that electric pace and he's just so bullish. Yeah, he's quite direct, right? Yeah, he's got that like... A bit like, here we go. A bit like. What do you, you think you're getting? Yes, uh, somewhere of a of a hybrid between Michael Owen and Wayne Rooney. There you go. <laughs> live live under that. Live under that uh, shadow, yeah, Mister right. Doak. Um, <laughs> poor boy. Um, yeah. He's you know he, he, again he looks angrier than Michael Owen did, but he has that thing of what Owen had when he was coming through the Liverpool team of he gets the ball and you're like you you you're ready to get up. Because he's somebody who can make something sort of right. happen out, he's of, in a out of nothing. Um, yeah, too too early for him, really. I, I, but I, I I like him. I think he's going to be a good player. Um, he's young and he's eighteen. I guess you got that on that right wing. That's the thing. Because Salah's not going to be there forever. That's t- difficult. Yeah, he's, although he's, he could, couldn't he? Salah he, might play till he's fifty. Well, he could. He honestly, yeah. Look at him. Um, the thing is, he's right footed. I don't really understand why he's on there. He, Liverpool typically would have played him, I think, on the other side, but there's so many guys who can do that from the left. I don't really know. But um, a few players in this sort of similar mould, to be honest, next. Um, I've got Fabio Carvalho, 27. Obviously, just come back from a, a, a really poor loan spell at, at Leipzig. Liverpool should be moving him on again. Um, he, I really thought we had something with him. Like, I really did. You know, he. He's got that knack. You know, you watch a footballer, and sometimes the bits and pieces don't work. So you can't, they can't quite fit in with the style. But then a situation develops in a match, and you're like, oh yeah. And he had that. He scored against Man City in the League Cup uh, quarter final. I want to say uh, it's the last season when we came back from the World Cup. Um, but he had nothing else mm. in the game. He scored a really late winner against Newcastle at Anfield as well. He's got that out. When some, when stuff's going down in and around the eighteen yard box, he's there, and that's something you actually can't teach. The problem is, is that his his physique says winger, but he's probably got a skill set that's more suited to like false nine, ten, yeah. and Liverpool don't need. But he, he's not big enough to do that for Liverpool, basically. Yeah, I think he's at 
I think he's at the wrong club. I yeah. don't think they're going to play the way that he probably wants to play. Like, can he go and be not Madison, but like play a similar role yeah. uh, as, as Madison at a team that plays in that way? I do think there's a bit of a Solanke vibe in the fact that he, I think he will have an amazing career. I just don't think it'll be with you. I, I think he was bought as City did Haaland and Alvarez in the summer and Liverpool did the kind of wish version uh, with, <laughs> with Nunes and Carvalho where you've got like, you can't buy the same player twice. Yeah. So get something else, someone else who, who's got an eye for goal who can maybe just drop in and do some bits and it hasn't hasn't worked for Carval- Carvalho so Only 21. Far. Yeah. He's got time. I think, and he's got something. I just yeah. whether he does it at uh, Liverpool, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, just touching that that sort of area there, we've got Ryan Gravenberch, um, 26. He really exploded into the team, scored a few goals early on. And there's then, I think he's now, now he's like, you're bouncing on adrenaline. Remember when he did this for Manchester United, he scored on his, a couple of goals at least on his debut. He's got a hatching. Yeah, yeah. And then, You've, then you've gotten through that and it's like alright now I need to learn actually how I'm supposed to play right. in the team and I think he's having a little bit of that but like what a talent you know I think you know, Soberslai will come to is, is really drawing the eye I think he's like so you can't buy two of the same player they're not exactly that but you go six foot plus great at ball carrying loads of pace great close, close control good vision and an eye for goal like yeah over the next three years, Graham Beck's an interesting player to talk about with this. In terms of that midfield three, and you've had so many changes there, is do you see a world where he is the bang-on starter in that midfield three? Because it feels like the sixth question is, you know, Endo's playing well, great, but in time, you know, you might want to go and find whoever that guy is to be the guy that is ultimately often the brain of a team in playing that position. Sabozlai has been amazing. And then you've got McAllister and Gravenberg. Like, who's do you think Gravenberg in terms of ceiling and what you've seen? Do you think he's the guy or is McAllister the guy that can't both be it? Well, it goes back to that thing of like the raw attributes thing. Of I, I, I don't like to beat this drum too much, but I seemingly always do. Of being over six foot helps in a, in a, in a football sense. I'm sorry, James. Um, but it's um, look, I, I played I, James is a much better footballer than me, and I am over six foot. I'll say that without without hesitation, <laughs> by the way. Um, but when you if you can put it all together and you've got those think physical things going for you as well, it's just going to give you a little can give you a little you know a little help in those so, situations. I th- so, what you're essentially saying is he can. Well, what I'm he's saying is capable of putting it all together. Have you seen it all put together yet? No, not yet. No, no, no. no. And, and again, he's a young, he's a young player. And it's the reason he Liverpool went moving heaven and earth to make his transfer happen. It was a nice added bonus yeah. at the sort of end of a window, really. Where I'd be interested to see if he could do a bit of six fours. He's certainly capable of the eight. But right now, he, I think he's probably a better. He's maybe a slightly better attacker than Curtis Jones in terms of on the ball and what have you. But Curtis Jones is a much better fit for what Liverpool do. And that's going to be a really interesting battle. Because we've almost forgotten about McAllister as as an eight. Because he's been doing so much six for Liverpool that um, it it feels more like you've got Jones, Gravenberch, Elliott and Sabozlai. Four for two. And 
there's five subs, so you don't. There doesn't need to be a guy who's the guy anymore. You yeah. just just play who's, play who's fifth. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and come back to the previous podcast. That was what we were saying is that it's about different options to change yeah. the game, especially when you've got five subs. Well, I, on that podcast, I talked about Liverpool's attacking options and didn't really touch upon the actual attacking midfield options. Yeah, that yeah, she yeah. links into that as, as well. Totally. Um, twenty five. Uh, twenty five. I had a little issue when I was writing this out. I said, I've, I've really struggled to actually write them out and not miss footballers out. So I, I had a nightmare trying to figure this out. 25, and this will, this will, might be the one that gets Liverpool fans a little bit like eyebrows. <laughs> Adrian. So just to clarify, I have now. I've so, got, sorry, is that high or low? <laughs> I think that people, I think people will think that's high because people think Adrian's rubbish, right? Right, yeah. Um, so I've just for clarification, everyone, because you know, please feel free to comment. Um, I've put Adrian above uh, Ryan Gravenberch, <laughs> uh, Fabio Cavallio, Naby Keita, yeah. um, Marco Gucci. Um On one, it goes back to the, my carriers thing. Look, I'm a goalkeeper, so I, I have a soft spot for the for the it's harsh the union coming out. Yeah, the, for the harsh realities of, and the, of the cauldron like atmosphere the spotlight of being a goalkeeper. The spot, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, Liverpool don't win the Premier League if Adrian without Adrian, because Alisson Becker gets injured first game of the season and he's parachuted in and he goes on a, on a, on a on a run in of like I think it's like thirteen games he plays for us and in that spell he also saves the penalty that wins us the European Super Cup as well against Chelsea. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. So he puts the fa- he helps us put the foundations in place for the title for the title win and also wins us a piece of European silverware. So there's that. Yeah. He is also absolutely atrocious <laughs> against Atletico Madrid later on that season, which sees us get knocked out of the Champions League. Uh, and he's not great against Chelsea when we get knocked out of the FA Cup that season as well. So, again, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm happy to look at his... As far as contribution goes, I don't think anyone who's below him in that list had a... I mean, Naby Keita, actually, because he was there when we won what... He, he was there at the same time when we won what we won. Mm. But I can I can say... Very specifically, what Adrian contributed yeah, in, solo. Yeah, I get what you mean. In a sea of meh, he's actually contributed something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, 24, cult hero, Ragnar Klavan. Oh, yeah. He would be a very much in a who for everyone outside the Liverpool bubble, by the way. I think he's been on Estonia's equivalent of um, Strictly Come Dancing uh, or Dancing with the Stars, okay. uh, which has probably raised his profile <laughs> a touch. Clavan, wow. Yeah. Where did he come from? Let me find yeah. him. Scored a late winner um, against um, Burnley um, around, I think it was about a Boxing Day game that really enamoured him to Liverpool fans. He's got this, <laughs> so there's a meme thing of him where where, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is Estonian and he looks so Estonian. Doesn't he? I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but like... he left the. Uh, he's got this one. There's a, a little two second clip that does the rounds of the ball being played to him, and he lets it run, and he like <laughs> spins around and then takes it the other way, and it's seen as like Clavan skills. Like you I mean, it's like it's like yeah, brilliant, brilliant moment. Amazing. Um, but he's in there just for the cult vibes as much as anything else. Right, in thanks. reality, he probably should be below um, below Adrian, but I put him above. Mm. Right. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten both of those players existed. 2016 was an odd time for Klopp, wasn't it? Well, it really was. <laughs> really was. There's a lot of like, sort of finding my feet well, here. There's, there's a lot to be said for, like, you forget that managers have to, like, earn their right to be the manager of the football club that they're at. And, you know, 
it's easy to go. Look, Klopp was the best possible manager available, and you know, and he, he came in and he and he got Liverpool, took another man's side to two finals in his first season. But there is another element of Liverpool weren't totally all in on whether Klopp would be a great long term manager. He was on a short term contract, oh. um, and then he had to kind of earn the right to spend money. And until we got into the Champions League, there's a few. Interesting players. That yeah, uh, this is yeah, this is revealing because actually there are some duds in there, <laughs> but I guess they can't all be great, and you have to have squad players. But I think overall, and I guess we'll get to some of those names. But there are players that were squad players that did just kind of pop in and contribute a lot more than you generally see. I yeah, think. I don't think. If, if, I think from the outside looking in, I think every every team's got those players. The players who, when you're playing FIFA or Pro Evo, and your players on a down, so you've got to swap someone in, you go. Who's Eddie Nketiah? You know what I mean? Like, and everyone knows who he is now. But like two or three years ago, I was like, Reese Nelson and Eddie Nketiah. Why? Who, yeah, are, yeah, who yeah. are these guys? Why are these in the squad? Um, but like, you know, when you when you know, you know, and you can point to those individual moments. Yeah. Um, so, okay. and for vibes. Yeah, I've now got a clutch of basically recent ish signings who I think are all good players, but time will kind of. They haven't done anything to make me go, oh God, and they haven't quite <laughs> broken out to be in the elite of the elite yet. Okay. And I, I really struggled with this particular part of the list because there's a bunch of guys who've had their time at Liverpool and didn't be, break into the all-time great 11, but they played a big part in Liverpool winning silverware. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But their career was a finite thing. I can now measure it. It's got a beginning, middle and end. Okay. And these guys don't have that yet. So... That's Any of these guys could go on and be greats, but they could just be. So when I broke it into categories initially, my categories out of interest. <laughs> I love like, this, man. I had <laughs> whatever you put into bottom of the pile slash NA, which was the guys I've written off me goalies. Right. I had nailed on successes. NA. That's yeah. tough, isn't it? Yeah. This is my life. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my life. I've got put in an NA. That is heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, sorry. Carry I'll, on. Alex Manninger won the league with Arsenal. That's fine. Yeah. Um, was Lonergan in NA? Uh, yeah, Lonergan was in there. Yeah, okay. bless. Um, I had the zero impact category. Um, <laughs> all of those names I've now put on the on, on the sheet. So that was Cole Kogruyic, Solanke, Davies and Vandenberg. Lower than zero impact. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had a, my favourite category was just a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we don't need to have super strong opinions on everything at all times. You can just safely say that someone was just a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're getting into that category uh, now, James. So yeah, um, amazing. And so there's my just a footballer, and and my could be great list. <laughs> could be great, yeah, um, like that. But there's a lot of could be greats who could end up as just footballers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. So I'll begin uh, with number twenty-three, uh, Wataru Endo. Right. Yeah. Okay, give me a, give me a few here. Give me who everyone in this bracket. So Endo, McAllister, Sobozlai. Oh, Sobozlai. Um, Bichetic, yeah. Gakpo, Nunes. Yeah, and that's actually the order in which I've got them from bottom to top. And so, and I know Dom Sobozlai is like everyone adores him. As we're doing this, he's had a little bit of a, a dip in his form. He's kind of he, he was brilliant at the start, but I think he's plateaued a little bit. I think he's one where 
you know, he's still quite a young footballer. I think there's loads more to come from him. Um, and I think he'll have a better end to the season. What's being asked of him is, is tricky as well, or it's harder than with Endo. Seven and a half out of ten is perfect. Just keep doing that. Yeah. So Bosch likes like you got well. Salah's not won us the game here, so you do it. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of that. A- a- absolutely that. And um, McAllister, similar sort of thing with him, where we actually haven't seen the footballer that we bought. Yeah, he's so, a funny one because there was such excitement about him, but he's kind of been sort of drowned out by all the other signings. Yeah, it? and and that, and also the problem is you only get one chance to make a like a first impression, yeah. and I worry a little that by the time he gets to play what he was bought to do. He's got a lot more weight on his shoulders to prove himself, maybe, yeah. than, than than somebody who doesn't get to be like this fresh new guy. Come and do your, all your best things. He's had to like kind of like plow plow a bit of like a lonely, you know, feel to to, to, to get his way into the team um, because he's more versatile than than those other guys. Yeah, and I, so I I had Bacetta kind of just above them because he he's, this season's been a real non-starter for him. But I can at least point to this time last year, he comes in for the League Cup against City and holds a midfield for 45 minutes against City away and does okay. And then when he comes back in, Liverpool are crap and he's brilliant. And, you know, to the point where he gets to the point where we're playing Real Madrid in the Champions League at Anfield and he's in the team. He picks up an injury, ends the season, and he's only had a couple of minutes since, since then. And we're, we're being very careful with him. But I have a sneaky feeling that we've got like a real like a real player there. Have you ever seen him play really poorly? No. See, I think that's a good sign. <laughs> yes. Yes. And moreover. No, no, but moreover, you know, he came in as a six. So Fabinho looked like he was finished and we came in and he kind of re-energised it. Yeah. And you're like, wow, look at this lad. We bought him as a centre-half. He's playing as a six. And then we have more injuries and he, he plays an eight and he's even better. I'm like, so much energy. that's not what's meant to happen. Yeah. You're meant to be a youth player as an eight. And then you come in and then you go, oh, but we'll put you in as a six. And then maybe you end up as a centre-half. You don't mm. come in as a centre-half and end Before up playing the eight. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, in, yeah. that's insane. Good player. Um, okay. And then I've got Gapo and Nunes above. I really, again, this is how much thought I've had to put into I love this, it, James. Man. I'm, I had a mental argument between who was 18th and 19th on my list between two attacking players who were Mate, both pretty good. That's like, we are actually really lucky to do what we do because I had the same thing about 12th and 13th <laughs> with it being Wolves or Bournemouth. <laughs> I couldn't decide. Yeah. The, in terms of this, for those guys... The sort of um, the swing of possible greatness to to sort of meh yeah. or just a footballer, just a footballer, yeah. is I think like Endo could like creep up a little bit, but he's not really. Darwin Nunes, do you think could Darwin Nunes could it really turn sour for him? Yeah, uh, look, if if Endo, everyone's gets, desperate for him to be the guy. Yeah, if Endo gets to just a footballer. Then that's a, a real success, actually. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I don't know if someone's going to clip that. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Endo gets to being just a footballer. That's Japanese, a Japanese international captain could well go on and lift the Asia Cup. It could just be just a footballer for Liverpool. But you know, he was <clears throat> for, a, for a guy who wasn't expected to be playing in a title challenging. Premier League team at Six the start of last summer yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is now all of a sudden on the verge of being a really good, a really, really good first 11 player for us. Out of those guys who I think you've got Hakpo too high. Something's not right there for me. I, because he scored, he scored goals for us. 
and you know he scored a few goals for us as well to be honest and and when I look at those group of players he's a he just he ends up naturally floating above the others and that's why Darwin's going above my temptation was to put Gakpo above Darwin Nunes and I had to have a word myself and go as much, there's a perception thing around Nunes that's different Gakpo hasn't been very good this season right um but then we've not been playing him in the nine and we've been playing him a bit more in midfield and he's not I don't think he's really had a good game in midfield for us and so he's kind of ended up on the periphery um, whereas last season he came in in January and he was brilliant and like and I, I can't unsee the two great goals against Man United in the 7-0 <laughs> um, where I, he yeah. just scored two absolute, absolutely brilliant number nine goals for us I think he's a quality footballer but Darwin ultimately has scored more goals and made more goals and that, that, that put him above I think in three years time it'll be I'd love to see this list because I think yeah. that's where I w- there needs to be a gear change with Gakpo where he goes, nah, this is my spot. My concern is only one of them can go up the list. And I, I think they both have the potential to, but I don't think there's necessarily space in the squad for both of them to to rise. Yes. There's an old thing Gakpo from uh, from yeah. from Premier Manager on the PS1, this is one for the kids as well, James, where only in a 4-4-2, only one of your strikers would score goals. It was a mad bug in the game. <laughs> so you had to, like, if you wanted Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen to score goals, you had to Swap rotate them. them so one would, so they would both score goals. And it's a, it's well, a, that's kind of what Jürgen's doing. Yeah. And it, 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 vibes of um, Aubameyang and Lacazette for Arsenal where you've bought two for that one position and it's like well you, who's playing who starts every week and Darwin's See, been starting Europa League final or cup final this season who would you expect to start out of those two Darwin would start because okay. I think they've I think they've decided they're all in on him and and also he keeps setting Salah up so like yeah, even yeah. if he's not scoring he's he, he's creating which is this is a thing right this is my next interesting wrinkle um because 17 to Kumi Minamino who would fall into a who category for a lot of people Some, yeah um I'm sure you know even Southampton fans would go like what <laughs> <laughs> um because I had to start to put metrics in place at this point now oh, wow, we're, we're starting okay. to get we're in the top half here mate we're comfortably top half we've got to start to be <laughs> take this stuff seriously now. Decent now they're not there's no just the footballers now no well yeah <laughs> he is very he is very he, he was in fact on my just a footballer list and there's a few more still to come we're still in that because though just a footballer they've got a measurable impact on what they did for Liverpool and yeah. this is now this is now the next clutch is that I think okay. one or two exceptions to that. So Takumi Minamino loves a cup tie. Loves a <laughs> cup tie. Loves a cup tie. What what was at the time referred to as the quadruple season, which were taken back <laughs> and we're renaming as the domestic cup double season, because because that's the, how what we did win, yeah. and that's a that's a positive. <laughs> Not here was our season of heartbreak. We, we actually yeah, won yeah, two yeah. cups that season. Um, and we don't win them without Minamino. Uh, doesn't have an impact, doesn't even play in the finals. Um, but he his goals got us to that. And I think every squad kind of needs that guy who... And that, that was ultimately our measurable difference between us and everyone else. We got quite fortunate with some really nice cup draws in the early rounds of t- beatable teams. And then we just put this lad in and he just scored in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like uh, right at the end of the season, I think he scored against Southampton as well um, in the run-in to keep the league going when we had to really rotate. Um, I like Taki. It was, you know, he hadn't looked like it worked. He didn't look like he integrated. We bought him during COVID. So we actually didn't get to meet half of his teammates properly um was he integrate. was he overall 
kind of were you expecting a little bit more? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think you know we came from that um, Salzburg team. You know, they we played Salzburg in the Champions League, and Erling Haaland was seen as everyone keep an eye on Haaland. He was on the bench, and think he, he comes on and does okay. But actually, Minamino was one of the ones where you you came away from that game going, "Ooh, him! Right. He, he was really good." We activated his release clause, seen as really canny business. You know, we always talk about when your season's going well, what can you do in January to give yourself an extra boost? Yeah. That looked like an absolute genius move from Liverpool. It was in an in. era where Liverpool could do no wrong with recruitment. Yes. So yeah, I think absolutely. as well, there probably was a, maybe a touch more hype. But you know what? I just looked at his um, numbers for this season. So he's at Monaco and uh, played 16, started 13, scored five. And I thought that in my head, I just went, good. <laughs> and I imagine, and I imagine most Liverpool fans that will be there because I think what's interesting here is your instant feeling is actually also probably your final feeling hmm. with all of these players. And so, as much as they sort of you know come in and you hope to do well, and that plays a factor in the final feeling, um, he's gone off, and you've just gone. Well, I hope he does well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, all you want is Minamino to be happy. Yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, no ill feeling whatever. Yeah, nice that's just I mean. a just the footballer. Yeah, just the footballer yeah, yeah, to play the Liverpool football. Club. Yeah, to his detriment, he's now just a footballer. Yeah, but no, I, but again, that's fine. <laughs> you, people can just be footballers. You don't need to have statues and you know, like sell a bunch of t-shirts for a particular footballer. Sometimes they can just be a be fine. Can I make a request that? All these mad sentences that Paul's saying, can everyone just clip them? Someone just clip them all up for highlights. You're not actually saying anything weird in the context of what we're speaking about, but when you just hear it on its own, it is bizarre. Thank you. Carry on. I love how you've got an audience that does that. Uh, that's, I hope that's, so. That's Someone will step up. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, similar to this, but obviously still at the football club, um, above him, 16, uh, Kostas Simikas. Oh, yeah, Simikas. He... I thought, you, in terms of your little pairings, I thought you might get Shakiri next to him. He's in there. He's close. Um, okay. He's actually a couple. He's Still to come. I'll do a couple. I'll, I'll run through a few. Um, so Costas is in at 16. Scored the winning penalty in the FA Cup final against Chelsea. So he'll, he'll forever have that. Uh, when we won the um, Charity Shield against Man City, he held the Charity Shield like a shield <laughs> and had a photograph. <laughs> like held it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was, um, like he was in 300. Um yeah, I'm here for that. Like yeah, cult. he has got a bit of banter about it, hasn't he? Doesn't he like the songs as well and stuff like that? Yeah, and he got a nice good little song. cult figure. Got a we- he's a weird dancer. Um, he's fine. He, he, again, he, he's he's Andy Robertson's understudy, but he's got periods. He's coming like this season in particular. Prior to the injury, that was a real concern. Robertson's out. I think Liverpool are moving away from needing traditional left backs. I think football's moving away from that a little bit as well. Um, and so you're thinking. God, if Andy Robertson's not even quite what we need, what what's this guy gonna do? And then he's been he's been really good, mm. uh, really good. So I, I like him as a footballer, but he's he's one he'll just be forever. At best, he'll be a, a forever mid tier, nicely remembered. But again, he's not like you're not thinking about in years. So you're not telling your grandkids about Costas yeah. Simicast. Maybe he's a bit like um, I've forgotten his first name now. Was it Enrique? Oh, yeah, 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 Louis. Sort of uh, Jose Enrique, Jose sorry. Enrique. Louis Enrique was much more memorable for a footballer <laughs> than... Uh, yeah, um, okay. Better than him, by the way. Much better, okay. much better than him. Um, next is a tricky one. Um, I've put Ibu Canate in next uh, at 15. Um, I think some people would have him higher. I think he's potentially brilliant. Um, but I've gone a little, it's weird because he had a great game against Arsenal in the FA Cup, but I feel a little, I've gone a little cold on him um, because I just think he needs to stay fit yeah. and he needs to play a run of games and I actually think he needs to sharpen up his 
passing and, and stuff. So when I've, <clears throat> when I've been doing this list, there's a couple of centre-halves who are much further up that, and I think he's got a long way to go. Yeah, to get Here's to my the... question on Canate. Is he Matip's replacement or is he Van Dijk's heir? He's he, he, sadly, he's, I don't think he's either. I think he's I think he's Matip's replacement. Ultimately, he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be. He doesn't do what Virgil Van Dijk does. He can't play those diagonals. He's not that. He's just not good enough yeah, on yeah, the ball yeah. yet. That could that could come in time. I just don't think he's composed. I think he's your in traditional centre back sense. You've got your commanding and then you've got your covering centre yeah. half. You've got your guy who just looks imperious, and you've got your guy who does all the dirty work. Mm. He's your physical one. He's you know he used to be hippier and Honcho. It would be he's like your Vidic, hippier and Carragher. Yeah, yeah, Ferdinand and Vidic. Absolutely. Um, he feels more that that centre half than than the other. I don't see him. Yet, and look, he's young, he's got loads of time to develop this. This could come in two or three years, and he'd still be pl- plenty of career ahead of him. I don't see him as the guy, you know, mm. the main guy who you're like, you're looking, he's this this rock around which everything is built. Um, so he was a tricky one, he was one of the harder ones to place, if I'm honest. Um, I think he'd be happy with that, yeah. Uh, above him, then, and I've paired these together, I've got Jaden Shakiri in 14. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm up to fourteen. Uh, anyway, Jen Shakiri and then Harvey Elliott. Okay, you got fifteen. I know, I've, but I've okay. also made mistakes in when missing players out okay, too. Fine. So I, I, I apologize. Don't Maybe get some, involved. Jim. Can, can, yeah, can we? Can we keep track of this? Okay. Um, so, Jen Shakiri was ultimately just a footballer for Liverpool. He was a squad, but he was like a. He was a. He was. He was never the twelfth man. He was the thirteenth or fourteenth or fifteenth. He could drop him into random games and he'd score goals. You know, he scored against Manchester United. Scored an absolute cracker of an overhead against them in pre-season as well uh, in the Big House in Michigan. Fine, fine moment to be uh, to be on tour. I remember Great stuff. Um, he got one of the great assists uh, going for, okay, for um, I think it's a Mo Salah goal um, away at West Ham in the COVID season. Um, a good footballer. Scored, set up Gini Wijnaldum against Barcelona in the Champions League semi-finals at Anfield. Um, never really fit what we did, but was more than good enough to be in that in a good Liverpool squad. Yeah, yeah. The stardust and creativity to be a bit too good when you need to break down the lower half teams and then otherwise Champions League again you might need something and he could give you that but overall and I've and I've grouped him with Elliot for a couple of reasons because they're both like sort of diminutive left-footed skillful sort of footballers you haven't got the pace or the goals to be like that right of a front three going yeah. to score you 20 like Salah Mane kind of situation um but it, it, it's an interesting sort of conundrum with them because what Shaqiri was is, is a, there's a decision where you can't have 22 world-class footballers, so you need to make some concessions. And what Shaqiri had is what you are talking about there. He had top-level experience, good international footballer, but he, he didn't quite fit Liverpool stylistically. Yeah. So you can do that. Not physically than anything else. Yeah, yeah. You can do that or you can get a young player who's got a higher ceiling to do that. And I think Liverpool made that decision with Shaqiri, where it's right, we've had some good times with him. You want to play a bit more, fine. We'll move you on. We've got Harvey Elliott to kind of, and the numbers are kind of similar. And I think it's it's weird to say, because you're talking about one of the Switzerland's best ever footballers, you know, like a, a man who led a, led a country, like that's a, that's a, a big ask. Yeah. Harvey Elliott probably won't 
be that for England. No. I think the bars, obviously, the bars are different without offending the Swiss. Um, <laughs> they won't do anything. Yeah, yeah what are you going to do? Neutral. Yeah. We're going to just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everyone to calm down and be friends. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, Elliot won't have those, like, we can't point to that with Elliot, but he, um, I think he's a terrific, I think he's a terrific footballer and I, I put Elliot above him because I think Elliot that is now. That well, I think. Yeah, and I think he's he's being picked in deliberately in games of football, you know, because of what he can bring to the team mm-hmm. as opposed to like, ah, oh, we need to make a change, let's bring Shakiri in. I wildly rate Harvey Elliot. I think he's awesome. Again, it might be a Carvalho thing where he'll get to a point where we go, well, come on, I want to be playing and be a bit more integral. Yeah. And, and it might not work with Klopp, but he does work hard as well. Yeah, he does. And that was, a, that was a big critique of him playing in the midfield was, does he offer enough cover going back the other way? And um, honestly, like, he, he just runs all day for the team. He's, he's, he's quite gnarly. This is the thing about having lads who support the team. Like, you were fans of the football team as well. It gets overlooked. And it said to me previously, like, Scousers have got, Trent and Scousers have got Curtis Jones non-Scouse Liverpool fans I've got Harvey Elliott of this idea that you don't have to be from the city but it can be in your blood you can yeah, love yeah, the football yeah. club and getting a chance to go and play for them and really like yeah, like live vicariously through Harvey mm. Elliott if you're from oh, that's London interesting. so probably stay there and fight for a bit longer as well actually mm. I didn't know that he was a fan of the club yeah yeah big time okay. so yeah I, I, I've, I've managed to sort my number in Altea so we're back on track Great. 12 and so in your listings of like all time worst hard feelings, who you are, you know no hard feelings, uh, Thiago is 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 number twelve on my list, and I think there's a real danger that he could be a no hard feelings. Thanks for your time. It didn't quite work out, but you know it was lovely to have you. Thanks very much. He could. He's in danger of being just a footballer for Liverpool. Wow. No, I know. I, I, but he is magic. Yeah. He is one of he. I, I've been really fortunate to see some of the best players to play the game. Um, you know, by the playing for Liverpool or coming to coming to Liverpool. There's a very short list though of guys who I've I can like oh, just I would pay you know, pay to just watch them play football. Suarez was one of them. Gerard was one of them, and Thiago was one of them mm-hmm. as well. Um, as far as individually talented. Uh, I've I've seen few come close to him, but you're struggling for impact. But he but he's just been injured, so like mm-hmm. he he misses the League Cup final. He gets injured in the warm up for the League Cup final that we win. Like famous scenes of him sort of like crying on the touchline and, and and that kind of stuff. He has a role to play in the getting through to the FA Cup. He plays a talent role in, in Liverpool, keeping going at, at the business end of the season. He's there has been a really strange conversation around him throughout because I think he came and he was from Bayern Munich and he was so brilliant for them. But then, as you say, he's always been injured or there was a period where people thought he kind of, well, his legs are totally gone or maybe it's a system thing. He's um, he's a great example of why you don't buy lads at 27, 28 years old because, and from leagues that aren't the Premier League as well, because... Particularly him, Barcelona, playing Barcelona's team at 17, 18, then moving to Bayern Munich and being involved in that. You've only got so many years, really, where you can play flat out. Mm. Um, he was a he was a bit of a gamble. He was he was I think that was a clop like, and he pushed for that because it was just such a unique opportunity. You can get Thiago Alcantara for thirty million pounds. Yeah, yeah. 
you just make that you make that happen. Um, and I, a lot of people, I've got because I've got Naby Keita bottom of the list, James. Like you know, and yes, we paid less money for Thiago, but actually net. What's the difference between them two lads? I think it might be an argument. Yeah. And I know a lot of people lump him and Naby as very similar. Really? Because of the injury thing. Right. I think there's, there are some footballers who you just get really annoyed with when they're, when they're not fit. Yeah. And I don't with Thiago. Weirdly, I did with Cater, which is stupid, really. But I less so with Thiago because I always feel with Thiago, like he only seems to get injured when we overplay him. So like he he's not he doesn't feel like the kind of lad who just like you give it up to a game and then oh he's picked up a random knock in training and he's out for three months. Liverpool would play him for ten games and you're like, we should probably just probably right, just take him out there. Yeah. And then you see it's like in the red zone, but you've got no one else fit. Play Thiago another game. Oh Thiago's injured. Well, well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that's that's with Cater. That's your th- his thing was. Was the you know the intensity, the stamina, and and being able to do all of that. Whereas Thiago, it's more about you know top two inches. And Thiago also once scored a goal that I still don't know if it touched the ground or not. Oh, that one, yeah. I yeah. I've watched that back <laughs> a hundred times, and That's I still don't try. know if that actually made contact with the ground. Ding. Oh, got yeah. a half volley. Um, okay. So he he still has this last end of the season. If he could, if he could get fit for Liverpool, he could make it into. Not sure all time eleven, but he could, he could really. Yeah, a lot's got to come together. I reckon there's some Liverpool fans who would, yeah, we're putting miles. Down. I agree. I agree with that. So that that's uh, they can obviously swivel. Um, I've moved on to <laughs> on their list. Not, yeah, get your own list. Um, eleven, and this might be uh, maybe a bit of a controversial pick for some, but I've gone Alex Oxley Chamberlain. I really wanted to work the numbers out as such that he was number twelve, um, because. Nothing summed Oxlade Chamberlain's career up at Liverpool better than him being our twelfth player mm. in the title-winning season. He's he plays the twelfth most minutes. He's like our third or fourth top. I think he's our fourth top goal scorer, highest top goal scorer that season after the front three. Um, and that was people don't remember it that way yeah. because everyone remembers took a little bit of time to warm up after signing from Arsenal and then he has that explosive time when he scores big goals against City in the league and in, and in the Champions League and then he gets the cruciate knee injury and then he's never quite the same player and those things are all true but people forget that in the title season he was fit for that all that season for us and he was just the guy who came in he, he played Played like false nine against Genk in the Champions League game. He played on the right wing of part right of a front three. He played a little bit. Obviously played in the eight when needed two to rotate. Really, he's, he's sadly in the just a footballer sort of category. <laughs> but I think he's a little bit more than that to be honest, because he did score some really memorable goals as well in that time. Incredibly likable footballer. Yes, like energy, like great goals at times. You know, got about wasn't just a bit like wasn't a tart, um, but yeah, it didn't just. Again, it was the injuries, wasn't it? You've had yeah. a few of those guys, especially in midfield. Is that Besiktas now, isn't he? Yeah, great, great. As you say, great fella as well. A couple of times I got to interview him, and just like a yeah, just made for. It. He's going to be a top tier pundit when he's when he's ready for really? that stuff. Honestly, just, a, a real like what if player. I'd love to. I don't really know how good he was or is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it really, that. yeah. It's hard. It's really hard to judge. I don't know what that is. I, my overall feeling on Oxley Chamberlain was he was at Arsenal too long, 
and at the wrong, <laughs> well, with the wrong Arsenal. You know, if he right. played for Arsenal ten years earlier, or even in the last few years, he probably could have flourished. But as it now, was, yeah. honestly, there was just a bit of like mental weakness that had kind of crept into those players. There was a bit of like because the crowd was so on top and everyone was very aware do something wrong you're going to get slaughtered on AFTV and you know, yeah. all over social media so he was that kind of player who would make a mistake and he, he'd like almost like he wanted the crowd to know that yeah I know yeah. don't worry I know that's not I know I, I'm angry with myself like, I just go and get the ball back don't worry about showing us that it's a problem and so like that's a I hate saying mental weakness when I'm a overweight middle-aged football it? youtuber yeah. but i mean i mean it in terms of like the difference between him and like mo salad and alison beck and a verge of van dyke they just shrug and crack on whereas mm. i always felt like he was doing his own heading um okay. a lot but I, I like the fact that he i think he yeah i think he's good he's a good footballer he'll probably be one that in the course of time maybe sh- slides down yeah. but i just want to talk about all those football players there done it yet. measurable impact for those guys i can you know Big, big goals for Liverpool in mm. uh, in, in that um, early spell. So, top ten. Okay. Ten. Tricky, because it's hard to measure him. He's still a little young to the squad, but Luis Diaz. Interesting. That's punchy. Yes. I like it. He needs to score more goals. Um, Yep. He's struggled. He got a bad injury last year. At the really at the wrong time, he was just looking, looking like it was going to click. He was for keeping him. it together a little bit yeah. at that stage. He'd won. Um, <clears throat> Darwin got sent off against Crystal Palace, and he he dragged us to a point in that Remember game. That? Yep. He we were losing to Arsenal, and again he dragged us into that at, at the Emirates, and then picked up the injury, and that was kind of that was kind of him. Um, and obviously this season, get back to back to fitness as the thing with his parents being yeah. kidnapped back in Colombia and having to like be a footballer in that time as we're recording this he's just finding his feet again yeah, you can funny how you can have moments and seasons though the 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 disallowable the not given goal at Tottenham Hotspur is his the, the, the now the most controversial goal in the history of the Premier League he scores that and there's a funny moment where Liverpool's only defeat of the season at time of recording could have been a Luis Diaz game where he wins that and Liverpool are, you know... Do you know what I see here? I see a thread. Okay. I see a Paul Machen thread. Yeah. Where, as you said in the last podcast, you've got a player here who this comes back round at the end and you're expecting him to fly up that list because he could be the difference maker later down the line. He is unique in Liverpool's squad and unique to a footballer. We, don't have, we haven't had many of these. Suarez had a bit of this. Of he'll just beat you. Yeah. He'll get the ball and he'll beat you. And then he'll come back and he'll beat you again. And he'll do he'll take two guys on and go through them out of nowhere. He's a ball carrier unique to our to our squad. So Bosley will do it in a straight line. Gavin Birch will do a little bit, you know, a bit, bit smooth glide with the ball. He'll just street fight his way past you. I really like Diaz. Um Yeah. That's good. I think that lays really well as well. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed, because he's on the borderline at the moment, I think some Liverpool fans. I oh, think really? the feeling online is a bit like I'm starting to see this. What? Who is he, and what does he do? But actually, I think these last couple of games have really—he's uh, he, answered them uh, a bit yeah. better. Also, also stepping in after Sadio Mane, mm. who I hope makes it on this list. He—I he, think that's uh, that's hard. 
Yeah. Like that's I think that gets forgotten about a lot is when you're trying to fill someone else's shoes and someone like that. That's that's really hard. And he's he's shown that he's capable, which is good. Absolutely. Um number nine, Diogo Jota. Um goals. Goals, 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 goals. Now he had a year without scoring, which I I said I said on social media. A whole year? Yeah. Yeah, he went. He went a calendar year without without scoring a goal. Oh, I think he he got quite a few assists in that time, but he had in, he had injuries and, and 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 whatever. But yeah, there was a twelve month period where he didn't score, and um, he, I call him a he's, he's a killer. He's a predator when he gets on the ball. He just wants he just wants to score and he wants to hurt you. And he, and it's so it's, it's, a, it's a great quality to see that in a footballer. But then I put that out and someone went, yeah, and what about yeah? But was he a predator in that twelve months where he didn't score? Like, Yes, yeah, 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 he still was. He just had a bad time. Thanks for that. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he. We talked about the the Mane replacement thing. I don't know if Diaz can get to the, that level of goals. Jota can, if he, but he needs to stay fit. He's a twenty goal a season forward. Um, he's a really awkward guy. He's one who fails the eye test. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not lightning quick and he's not silky. Yeah. But he'll just scrap and fight and bundle past you and honestly like the goal he scores against um, Tottenham last season um, like late late in the game just just falls to him and he's one of the few I get asked all the time you've got one chance the ball drops last minute and you want one of your attacking players on the end of it and everyone expects you to go Mo Salah it's not it's, it's Diogo Jota really 100% wow yeah. I mean especially a header as well, like his ability to score headers is absolutely incredible. Yeah. He is like the the perfect blend of said it earlier, but like Michael Owen, Robbie Fowler, like because he's not tall, he's not dead fast, but he's just got that like again and the heading thing. Yeah, yeah, perfect. and I, I think he is such a he is a lovely ingredient for the squad as well because he's that's the thing. With, say with Arsenal, the thing I wonder is in terms of players that you're bringing on or players you've got there. Their first thought isn't goals, isn't scoring. Mm -hmm. Like Nunez and Jota and Salah, like there's a sort of, Mane was like that. There's a kind of selfishness about wanting to kind of, that's the first thought and and that will lead to you scoring a a, a lot of goals. Is he your, um, is he your Solskjaer? He's, got, he's, never, he's never really started, has he? He's got a bit of that. I, I said earlier, he was bought as like the... The fourth of the for the front three, so he was the neck. He was the guy who just slotted in to rest any of them, play any of them positions on the front three. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's definitely got a little bit of that. But there's there's actually a creeping thing now where he, he scores goals from the left and he scores goals central. And Darwin's not super prolific, and Diaz isn't super prolific, and Gapo's not super prolific. It's like well. He's going to end up actually just playing because yeah, yeah. you know, if, particularly with Salah at Afcon. You want to get Jota on the pitch because there's your guaranteed, yeah, your guaranteed yeah. goals. Um, eight, eight and seven. I had a little, uh, maybe eight, seven and six. Actually, I had a little bit of a difficult way to place these because we're getting into on the verge of all time Liverpool 11s players here. I think okay. these next three are just outside that. Um, so eight is Genie Wijnaldum. Um. Fabulous footballer, probably underrated a little because of the job that he did. He was one of those footballers who I just don't think it translated well on the telly, a lot of what he did, because... Slightly out of shot. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's you don't realise what you're not seeing at the football until you've ever 
and we're watching the World Cup, not the the, the previous World Cup prior to Qatar, Russia. Um, and um, that's right, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the VR BBC VR app. And I watched a Brazil game on on VR, and what it gave you was like a full pitch view, right? Like the like the tactical camp that they use on Monday Night Football. Yeah. But then it gave you the televised coverage on like a virtual screen above you, okay. and that was the first time I'd realised how many times the camera cuts to close ups on people or the crowd, and how much football you miss. You never see a goal kick ever. <laughs> you you know what I mean? like you, know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, never, you very rarely see throw ins or quick free kicks from deep. And Genie was just so good at just moving the ball up the pitch and just carrying it or shielding stuff and turning it round. Mm. Um, big goals, scored a couple of um, the, the header, the equalising header against Barcelona in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. The the Trent, he scored two in that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the corner taken quickly, Trent Alexander Arnold, Divock Origi, is seen as the goal, the biggest goal. But nothing will ever top that feeling of like we've done it. We're, we're level. We didn't, uh, that that like oh, that raw that let off because that header. It was like there there are some moments that are just predestined. The second it leaves a boot, you know it's in because that you feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Divock never Sick. felt. Divock never felt like that. Divock feels to me like whenever you watch Back to the Future and the bit where Doc Brown's got to connect the connectors before the lightning strikes the tower, and every time. You're like on edge <laughs> because it's like the music and the tension. It's meant to not happen in time because yeah, he hasn't yeah. got enough time to do it. I think Divock Origi's going to miss that even now when I watch it. Because every time he finishes that, from, from my point of view, I, I hear every time it gets to him, I hear him go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like, oh. And then it, and there it is. And it looks yeah. like a bullet finish, but yeah, I'm yeah. not totally sure. Whereas Genie's was... To, to borrow the word from the previous podcast was fated. Like the second that left the, the the booth and he got up, it was it was in before it was you know the, it reached the center of the eighteen yard box. Um, yeah, so that that and that alone um, could do it. But fabulous footballer. I think there's a debate here with your next person. You could swap Genie with him. Yes, I totally agree. Tough, um, tough call. Seven Fabinho, and I think, and the, and and I'll, you know what, I'll do six as well because Joel Matip I think is six. Okay. Um, I think other footballers will come along in the coming months, years, where and that, that will probably slide those guys down. They'll be relegated to forever a club legend. I think about like players who I who do like the, the legend circuit and I you know work with loads of them over the years. Ronnie Whelan's a good example of this, of like won League Cups for Liverpool with goals, was in all the Liverpool teams that won stuff in the late seventies and, and into the eighties, you know, and, and it was just a Brilliant, brilliant footballer, but it wasn't wasn't Ian Rush, yeah, and yeah. he wasn't Kenny Dalglish, and he wasn't Alan Hansen. He, so yeah, like a, again, one for the kids. Champion uh, championship manager, you'd have three players who were sort of highlighted with a little star next yes. to them. Like those are players he, that we're about to talk about yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so Fabinho, I think, was the best defensive midfielder in the world for a maybe a two-year spell in the midst of this, of like 18-19 and 20 where Liverpool win, go 97 points and uh, finish second, but win the Champions League and then win the league the, the next season. He was bought as a Man City killer. And then Man City, I think, then looked at and went, ah, yeah, we need one of them. And they go and buy Rodri, who has then gone and taken that mantle on and maybe done more. Yeah, yeah. I think a couple of seasons ago, we scored eight goals in a season from DM. Like, you know, like crazy numbers. Yeah, um, a few screamers in there. Scored, had, that had a screamer in his locker, which is yeah. a very, you know, like it's a big thing for a number six to be able to do that. So yeah. 
I think the fact that we got to see his powers fade in his final season might. Was that a surprise? That. It felt like a real drop because he's not that old, is no, he? No, he was twenty nine, and you know that he should have had a few more years. Yeah, he should. He should be one of those players who could still do it. I mean, Fernandinho, you know, like you should be able to do that to the mid thirties. But whatever it was, whether it was lost a yard in the head or in the legs or both, maybe you know, it was telling that. In the summer, Liverpool got offers for Fabinho and Jordan Henderson, and the offer came for Fabinho. And they went, "Yeah, no problem." And then Jordan Henderson went, "No, we're going to take him on a training camp, and we're going to try and talk him round, and we're going to argue the toss over how much money we want for him." They fought to keep Henderson, mm. whereas Fabinho, it was like okay. a, a, yeah, there was a price on his head mm. that got met, and they went, "Well, there we go, fine, we can we can deal without that." But yeah, I, I think it will be sadly it might be forgotten how good he was in the fullness of time. Just but, answer me, why why is he above Genie then? Because Genie Van Alden was never the best in the world okay. at any stage. Um, I think he was he was a a great functional part of Liverpool's team. Like I don't think maybe because of the captaincy thing. I know Jordan Henderson wasn't bought in, but it's interesting that like Milner, you know, would make it on for a variety of reasons. But I don't think you could ever say, oh, yeah, 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 James Milner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not what he oh, that's not what he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we should have done. And we, we, he certainly had his moments. Anyway, um, so yeah, six was massive. Now, this is where we're getting to. My, these are my all-time 11 players. Yeah. Five, Andy Robertson. For the Fabinho point, I think he's been injured this season. It's hard. To, it's always a recency bias. But I think he's been the best left-back in the world for a number of years. Um, he can do... Uh, and. I've said Trent's been the best right back for years, but then everyone goes, of course, well, what about the defensive attributes, blah, blah, blah. You can't say that about no, Andy Robertson. Absolutely not. And yet he also gets similar numbers in terms of his assists. You know, he's up there. I think he's level with uh, Leighton Baines as like the most prolific uh, sister of, uh, from left back. Um, and then Trent. They're the three best creative fullbacks the Premier League's ever seen. Wow. Um, Eight mil, cheap. Yeah. Oh no, ten mil, ten mil. Sorry, but we actually got him for technically we got him for nothing because um, Kevin Stewart went the other way. So the net result was a big. Basically, we got Robertson for 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 a okay, just a footballer midfielder in Kevin yeah. Stewart. Um, I mean, genius. did Klopp know? <laughs> did anyone know? I there's a there's a story in one of Klopp's the books about Klopp written by uh, Raphael Honigstein called Bring the Noise and he talks about like how Klopp recruits footballers and how they used to do it and I think what this probably does is reveal how much tapping on goes in, on in football but you had um, the, like the director of football would do the business and they go away like, who's available who can we get in are they interested and then they'd basically sit them down in front of Klopp and Klopp would like look them in the eyes and basically judge whether he felt they had the the, the personal yeah. attributes to to fit with what he was looking for. It's like, you know, like someone can go to a go to the race horse racing and just know by looking at a horse whether it's got it's got what it takes to run <laughs> yeah, to run right. the so race. A football uh, whisperer. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Clavin. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Look yeah. at me, Clavin. Yeah. Okay, okay, you can go. <laughs> but it's true, but it, you know, but it's like the thing of like the attitude of tell me what you think about training. And if you if you're the kind of person who goes, nah, I'll do it on the weekend. Nah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. If you're the kind of guy who sees training as the job, and then football as the reward for doing the job, mm. then that's that's what. And Andy Robertson's that. Yeah, we've been chatting about this a lot this year about um, Bellingham, and I think I've really noticed it 
you have it, don't you? There's sort of certain things you see and then you go, I can't really can't get away from it. I think certain players, Gerard, Keane, Bellingham, have that like look and rush. They're like they're sort of a bit aggravated, like all the time. I'm not saying Robertson's totally aggravated, but there's such um he's quite clinical and certain and tenacious but cold. Do you know he, he's got all of that? He's, he's the perfect Liverpool player because he's he is aggressive and he, he won't he won't be bullied and he'll stand up for other people as well. You know, he, he's not a big imposing fella, but he won't ever back down in a fight. Yeah. But then he'll go and laugh in your face. Yeah, he doesn't react, really. He, he, like there's that famous um Jordan Pickford, the guy like, Jordan Pickford comes over in a derby and really tries to get in with him, like, give it give it the big I am. And Robertson turns and literally laughs in his face. And like, that's what you do to idiots like that. Yeah, you don't yeah. rise to it. Yeah. You go like, what are you doing, you fool? Like, and also like the Met like the Barcelona Messi stuff where he kind of like left one on him and, and like others other people, you know, you're sort of caught up in the grace of Messi, but like he had a job to do, wasn't he? So he's got, yeah, a pat on the head. Yeah yeah, 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 amazing. Okay, great yeah. shout. Four. Um, and I, the, the, uh, just for clarity, at this point, I went. It's why I got so confused and kept missing players out because I, I knew how to do me bottom and I knew how to do the top. So I kind of and then I tried to meet in the middle. Clip and found, it. <laughs> careful. And then found that I'd missed players by the time in the middle. This was this caused me a lot a mess. Oh, I, see I did my top yeah. three. I did one, two, three. Yeah. And then this guy came in fourth, so I didn't do me ten to ten to one. Um, Sadio Mane. Yeah, I think uh, this is the four we expect. I think what'll be interesting to see if anyone's got a different order. Yeah. So Sadio Mane, unbelievable player, always fit, always scoring goals. Yeah, I was tempted to move Robertson above. Tempted for a moment, um, and only probably just because Robertson's still there. Um, is 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 one of the things on that, but Mane, and then I had to just say to myself, Sadio Mane was there the season before Salah. He was Liverpool's Player of the Season that year. He played on the right hand side, and he was brilliant. He was transformative to what we were doing in, in an attacking sense. We were a worse team when he wasn't in there. We couldn't replace him. Um, when he wasn't in there toward the back end of that season, we shifted and we had a couple of games with Origi and uh, Sturridge up front. We had to shift formation to, to to kind of give ourselves a little bit of juice to get over the line. Mm. Um, yeah, he was. He, he should be like the great. What in that list of the greatest players ever to play for Liverpool? But then we signed another guy the season later, and yeah, I think the thing for me with Mane is, I think generally in football it's sort of. Um, what are you concerned about, right? And Liverpool, for all their brilliance, in terms of players that you're truly, truly, truly concerned about, it's generally Salah first. And if it, if you have just one person that you're utterly concerned about, that's far more manageable, obviously, than, than two. And two makes it far, far, far more difficult. And if you are missing one of those, then that makes life tricky. Now, for Liverpool, as, as effective as everyone else was and defensively how good they were, in terms of the two guys that were going to win you the game, really, it was Salah and Mane. And Salah, 85% of the time, will get the job done for you. But he'll get the job done more so because they've got to be concerned with Mane as well. And also those other, that other period of time when he's not at it, you do need someone to get you over the line at times. And Sadio Mane did that regularly. Yeah, embarrassment of riches, you know, because I... I think I said it previously, but you need a 20-goal-a-season striker to win the league. And that's been enough for years. But then the Man City era, you actually need 
two really good prolific goal scorers in your team. Now they can come from anywhere. They can be centre forward and a ten, or they can be your wingers. Obviously for Liverpool, it was the wide men. You know, he would. I mean, he split the golden boot with Salah and Aubameyang one season. You know, um, that's what he was able to do. He won games for Liverpool single-handedly. You know, went to the Allianz uh, by Bayern Munich in the Champions League and just absolutely tore them tore them apart when they were they'd have been favourites to go through having drawn Anfield in the, the the first game. He's a sort of Scotty Pippen, isn't he, to the to yes. Salaby and the Jordan yeah, though, which I is think, I think, unfair maybe. Yeah, I think but I think that's absolutely spot on and that's that's a bit of a problem for him is that I feel so sorry because yeah, he should be like the man who defined that era, but it was so rare for it to be be the case. We had 11 guys who kind of defined that for us mm-hmm. and then one or two real highlights and they're, they're, we'll get on to them the three that that will follow so three Alison Becker um, I could make a case for any of these final three to be number one um, because of the transformative effect they had and I think at any given time they've been the best players in the world at what they do mm. and it might be and, uh, the existence of Lionel Messi actually makes it a potential to put Alisson further forward, which for reasons that I'll, I'll explain in a sec, but um, it's so hard to buy a good goalkeeper, like underratedly so. And when you've got one, um, you know you've got one and you do everything in your power to keep one. I have never seen a better goalkeeper in my life than Alisson Becker. I was just wondering, I mean, just a bit devil's advocate, but is it one where because you'd had such a problem with that position? Mm, yeah. That he's maybe yeah definitely sort of hold on to him even but tighter. You, but it helps you recognise the difference in in class mm. because you I see it with a lot of teams I see it with like Everton and Pickford just to keep bringing him up but he looks brilliant for them because of they've had like you know Joel Robles before that and they've had some good they've actually had some really good goalkeepers Everton but you go through a little spell and Arsenal have been having it lately as well Arsenal are a bit too long without a top quality goalkeeper so one that looks alright mm. can all of a sudden look better than they actually yeah, are yeah, yeah. we had that with Karius um, when we when he brought in he was a bit better at football than Mignolet so okay maybe this is the answer you don't know the answer until you've got the answer sometimes yeah, and right. Alisson was the answer and, and the answer without question like, that's the thing with they're a goal like David Haya, can he you know oh there's so many goalkeepers, Nick Pope, is he kicking good enough, blah blah blah. Like, without question he's he's outstanding. He made a mistake against Leicester about three or four games into his Liverpool career. And I remember going, eh. because and this is something that comes when you buy great, it gives you a sense of peace <laughs> that you can go. For the first time ever, I think a lot of people, because we've had real trouble with goalkeepers going back to, well, Grobelar was a bit of a lunatic, but David James, he had the, the Newcastle fans coined the dodgy keeper thing, and then that got into his head, and then all of a sudden it gets into your own head. So when a goalkeeper starts making mistakes, you start going, oh, are they good enough? Yeah. When you buy the best, it allows you to go, oh, well, if he if even he's making a mistake, then it's fine to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And we've got that with Klopp as a manager. And we've got that with Allison as a goalie. It is it's really freeing <laughs> to be able to not worry about your goalkeeper, mm. um, and that's almost like his greatest strength is that you don't even think about it. Yeah. And moreover, you know, you know the difference when Keller has come in. Keller has a, a good goalie, but Allison is just he just saves stuff, saves <laughs> stuff that other goalkeepers don't save, and he does it. He makes it look really easy, and it's really hard because, again, for highlights. 
the greatest save he ever made pretty much was against Napoli in a uh, final group game uh, in 2018-19 it's the he makes a save late on and it's the one that gets us out the group top of the group and and then spontaneously the cop erupts into ah listen ah like out of nowhere it's like evolution happening in front wow. of your eyes like, like when your Pokemon becomes like, uh, Charizard um, it was wild um, but when you watch it back it doesn't look like what you would say a great save looks like he wasn't full stretch it wasn't fingertips but he's on the toes he's there and he's big and he, and he gets his body behind it and it's a it's a huge moment in yeah. Liverpool's season and, 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 and future history uh, yeah and he made it look easy and you could just yeah you set and forget with him and you just did it you bought him done you know we can sort out the rest of the team now right top two Virgil van Dijk two um Do those two together because yes. I think we knew it was going to be those. So, what I said earlier about like the three, their three, the plus three best players, the three best players, I think the best goalie in the world, the best centre half in the world, the existence of Lionel Messi for that spell means it's difficult to say. I don't think Salah can ever really say he was the best in the world. I think he can say he was the third best in the world, and I think some some phenomenal players have fulfilled that. Suarez at, at Barcelona, post Liverpool Barcelona was the third best player in the world and there was no shame in that. That's, yeah. you know, generationally talented. Virgil van Dijk might be the best centre-half ever to play the game. Um, and the problem we've got with the debate around that is that a lot of top clubs have got good centre-halves, like really good. Mm. And so you end up feeling like I'm somehow being offensive to your one. Yeah. Um, and then you're, you're offending nostalgia because that means I'm being somehow disrespectful to Paolo Maldini and to Costa Carta and to, you know, Franco Baresi and to Rio Ferdinand and Yapstam and, you know, and Nemanja Vidic, which yeah, well, I, I don't yeah. agree with. But, um, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am being offensive to him. Um, Torres had them on toast every time. Um, anyway, the, the best in the world have said it about him. Like, you know, like Paolo Maldini said these things of Virgil van Dijk. He, all the things that when I hear people tell me what Real Ferdinand had, he's got all of them, but he doesn't switch off. Um, and, you know, and you don't go, Liverpool considered that goal because his mind just went wandering and, he, and it didn't happen. He didn't randomly decide to dribble the ball up the pitch and, and get caught in possession stupidly and leave the back door open. Yeah. And it's not like Ferdinand did that all the time, but I could tell you what, his, his flaws were just a flawless footballer and not only the defensive things but he'll just pick the ball up and he'll spray it 75 yards into the feet of Mo Salah who will go and score a goal yeah. obscene obscenely good footballer yeah outrageous absolutely outrageous uh, yeah I don't think there's much we can say about Virgil van Dijk right now and I actually think again in terms of this list aging uh, it's going to be interesting to see out of those, uh, both those guys him and Mo who plays for longer, like they, these guys could both have as long as they kind of want with the way that Virgil's kind of returned back. I'm not friends with either of them, by the way. I'm just sort of shortening <laughs> their names for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's easy, Salah, isn't it? Like the consistency, so many goals. I guess that, that final question is, do you think there is any way that Virgil van Dijk can get above Salah or is he clear? Um, I think there's something to, you know, if Salah decides to move on, um, and Virgil's then the captain 
I know which he is, and he's lifting those he's, trophies. Yeah, and he's then thirty-seven, and he's still doing. And it, you've yeah. got those those images, you know, because Liverpool have got a lot of that of like the European Cup winners in the in the mid eighties, where they were just coming towards the tail end of the careers and all that kind of stuff. And you can you've got that yeah. there, something to that. The problem is ultimately probably no, because this is Virgil's issue. I think he should be in the Ballon d'Or contention every season, but. People are just drawn towards the guys who score the goals, the guys who make the goal, who make the goals. I think Virgil Van Dijk is as good a defender as Messi is a forward, or Ronaldo is a forward, or Salah, or Suarez, and all those great players. But we, when you, when you do it, it gets forgotten about. He, get, he comes so close, like in 2018, I think 2018, 19. He's right, at, right at the top of the Ballon d'Or runners, and then it's like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll move on. From yeah, that. yeah. What's new? But well, you know, it's, it's stopping versus creating, and creating always kind of wins because yeah. that's kind of why we watch football. Yeah. Um. So congratulations to Mo Salah. Um. I think all three of you have done well. And um. <laughs> actually, who's who's the one I thought wouldn't be as high? I think Fabinho is quite high for me for some reason. Yeah, he, again, fullness of time thing might time. change the Fabinho yeah, thing absolutely. and Matip as well. The, uh, it's funny because like Matip was could have this could have been like his final hurrah as a Liverpool player. He's having a great season. He's now you know he's done his done his cruciate. That could be the end of him as a footballer, let alone a Liverpool player. But there's times, a lot of times, when he's been just as good as Van Dijk, and I think he is one of them. Where everyone talks about the great centre halves, it's a bit like the Manny thing. Everyone should be saying how great Joel Matip is. He's probably everyone goes, who's the other great centre halves? And everyone's going Diaz, and it used to be Laporte, and it's Saliba. Like it's like Joel Matip sat in the corner with his, one of his awkward wavy arms <laughs> sticking up. Like you mean, what about me? What about yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Tough to be the B side. <laughs> anyway, um, that that was just good fun, mate. Great list, well saved from my um, shocking. Tier list that I had here. Thank you for putting so much effort into that list, Paul. I, yeah. I will have to take pictures of that for graphics. Um, Paul, where can people find you? Um, yeah, everywhere, sadly, for Such some. Name. Uh, yeah, at the Paul Machin on social media, TV on YouTube, and of course, most famously, I guess, Redmen TV, talking Liverpool all the time. Mate, thank you for coming down. Pleasure. Good to spend a bit of time with you. Love this list. Really, really good. Put your list in the comments. I'm not going to read all of them, but it's good fun, isn't it, to do it? I will. Um, I'm going to argue with everyone. <laughs> uh, if you're new to the podcast, make sure you follow the podcast. Loads of evergreen podcasts on there to go and enjoy, including one with me and Paul earlier in the week talking about the title race. Thank you so much for listening or watching. See you next time.